and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie. I'm Alan. And we're still married. And we haven't recorded in quite some time. So sorry. Actually, we're not sorry. So I think what happens, (laughs) I'm not going to apologize. What generally happens is when we get into these workshops and they are completely time consuming for us, the very little time we have, we don't record. So sorry. We gave all of our time to our last workshop, which just which um, just ended, and it went really well. It did. It went super, super great. We're excited to be back just to record a few things. In fact, the only announcements that we have, and this is not one of the announcements you want to skip. We're not asking for donations to Marriage on a Tightrope at Venmo. <laughs> We're not doing that. We're actually just want to tell you some of the some of the interviews that we have coming up. Just in the next couple of weeks. In fact, we're doing a few of the interviews in the next couple of days. I'll do one, then you do one, then I'll do one, then you do one. Okay. Great. So a few days ago, we sat down and we interviewed David Osler, who wrote the book Bridges, Ministering to Those Who Question. There is a second edition of the book coming out that is exclusively about mixed faith marriages and mixed faith families. So we are... I thought the interview went smashing. How about you? It did. Yes. Okay, who else we got? We have Susan and Cynthia from At Last She Said It podcast. Oh, yes. Super popular one. We get to interview them this week, and there are a lot of questions that people had in our Facebook group that we gave to them, so that should be a fantastic one as well. Absolutely. For those of you who are on TikTok, you might recognize the username The Tomsters. Oh, I hope we play his sound bites because... <laughs> He has some of my favorite TikToks ever about what happens to, where do we go after this life? And um, how exactly do How Mormons we make, picture the afterlife. Oh my gosh. It's, or how Judgment Day, that's his big series that's Day super, super fun. Yeah, it's, he's pretty popular. He's really funny. And I think that he makes sort of just light of all of the really stupid cultural things that Mormons like say and do that are just dumb. Yes. Dumb or at least fun to poke fun at. Yes. It's like Book of Mormon musical without the offense. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be any of that in the podcast itself. There won't. We're excited that his wife will be joining us in the spirit of this being a marriage podcast. And there may be a mixed faith element to that. So um, that's all we're going to say. you got to tune in to find out what's going on there. And then I think you have one other planned, right? I do. I know what it is. Chelsea. There it is. Yes. She is going to come talk to us. Chelsea who? Chelsea Homer. Uh, she's going to come talk to us from the Lost and Found Club. She also runs Faith Journey Meetups. She's been on the podcast before, but when her and her husband, Nick, came on earlier, uh, they were mixed faith and things have changed. So something that we feel passionate about, at least I feel passionate about. I don't know if Alan cares, but... I care! uh, But I really think that at this point in the podcast, what's best is to give everyone referrals, um, if you ever wanted to listen to Atlas, she said it, and you haven't done it, or you have questions about them and who they are, now's your chance to listen. Same with um, Chelsea Homer. If you ever had questions about Faith Journey Meetups, about their Lost and Found Club, if we're just trying to give resources because there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of really intense and difficult work, and none of these people are getting paid for it. But they are great resources to have. And for anyone on the believing side or the transitioning side, some of these people you've heard of and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want my spouse 
listening or, you know, it, I wonder what they're all about. It may feel threatening. So our whole um, idea is that like, let's just talk about what, what they're putting out there and why, what is their intention behind it? And it's really, again, to give you more resources other than ourselves. I love it. That is a perfect plug. I do think that you have a strong passion of that and it rubs off on me a little bit. I love how much you you put in effort to support others and what they're doing. Um, I've seen it. I've seen you do it for a long time. So it's great. Oh, now, you. you're welcome. I love you. Say it back. I love you. Thank you. That's what, that's what my teenagers say to their friends. This is actually really funny. Our teenage sons, they'll, they'll be talking to a friend and they'll say, all right, love you. Bye. And then they'll say, say it back or you can't hang up. <laughs> Just really silly, funny stuff. And I'm it's like, fun. you know, hey, our kids have a lot of confidence and I'm happy about that. Absolutely. Now, we are moving on to the topic of this episode, oh, which gosh. is a long time coming. The baptism. The baptism. I bet if we went back and looked at the, the titles of our episodes over the last few years... That the first episode that we did about this baptism, which happened a week ago, of Zach and Zara, I bet it was in the 60s or 50s yeah. episodes talking about this day. And it's finally here. We have been teasing this for a year and a half. I know. For, well, two years now. I mean, right. it's been a huge, huge um, build up to what it has hap- what has happened. So... Um, we're going to take you through, uh, just, we're going to back up really, really quickly. Alan, do you want to give like a very quick timeline? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give a timeline up into, up until the, um, like baptismal interview. And yeah. then you can take that over since you did that. So the, here's the brief timeline, you know, Zara who turned eight, uh, two years ago, <laughs> I mean, April of 2020. Yep. Right in the thick of it. Right in the thick of it. She turned eight. Uh, there wasn't an opportunity for her to be baptized at that point anyway. So we kind of like let it drag on uh, um, towards the beginning of 2021. They, you know, the option to open it back up was there. Zara wasn't terribly certain she wanted to do it. Part of that reason was she, she wanted me to do it at the time. And I actually feel differently now at the time I was willing to do it. And I went to the stake president. We talked about this here, I think. That I, I went and asked, this is, here's how I put it. This is your playground. I have to play by your rules. Uh, that being said, I would like to do this. And he said, no, that's the short version. That was upsetting to Zara, which in turn was upsetting to me. And as time went on, it was, she just wasn't quite sure what to do. As our youngest, Zach, came up to turn eight in October of 2021. So now that's about six months ago. He... He was a little more like go with the flow, whatever, that's fine and whatever type of would you say that was his yes. attitude? It's just he, like, oh that okay, let's go, whatever. Yeah, he was not as pensive as Zara was. That's right. So I had a hard time picking somebody to actually perform the baptism because she really wanted me to do it. And so did Zach. But Zach was more just like, I don't know, what do you think? And we're like, Oh, how about your uncle? And he's like, Oh, okay. But Zara couldn't quite like lock it down and for a while, for a number of months. She would she would cry every time we brought up the baptism. Um, you know, I, I've told Katie, and I think it, on this podcast we're of course always trying to be respectful. I I do feel like it's important sometimes to to voice the thoughts and feelings of 
the post-Mormon who has left the church. And a number of times I've expressed to Katie uh, simultaneously two different things. One is I'm not personally worried about the baptism having a negative impact on the relationship with me and my kids. I, we've seen the traje- trajectory of our children in our own home. And when I say trajectory, I don't mean their future involvement in the church. What I mean is I've seen their trajectory of how they treat those who do not believe. And they do not feel that people that don't believe are any worse or better than those who do. <clears throat> so, I mean, Zara's best friend is not a member of the church. He's, his parents are former members. Like most of my kids' best friends yeah. are not in the church. That's right. So they've just seen it in their daily life. Plus their dad is, is incredible and rarely makes a mistake. So they see that <laughs> in their life as well. So I personally am not concerned about that. And the second statement at the same time is that I don't feel like this at the age of eight is an informed consent decision. I don't feel that way. So as long as, as we're acknowledging that this is a cultural milestone that they typically are going to go through at this age. We've been fortunate enough to learn from Natasha Helfer, for example, in our course, that for kids, it's typically best if they're going to be involved in church to allow them to be fully involved um, without... I, and I honestly, Katie, don't feel like you pressured or pushed them. You you were the one to bring it up. And of course you would be. I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. Uh, but you brought it up. They decided to do it. Uh, that's typically, if they're going to be involved in the church, best for the kid because then they're not the 10-year-old who's not baptized. And Zara did express that. And of course, in my mind, I know I'm monologuing, but I feel like this is important. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's one of the problems here is there's this social pressure to conform and to do this. And I don't like that. I don't. And many people listening to this won't don't like that either. But at the same time, I feel like I can separate that from my what's best for my children. And I don't feel like this baptismal experience was a negative thing or will end up being a negative thing on the children. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. And that's, that's a good summary. I think of where we are leading up to the baptismal interview. Right. So the day that the kids had the baptismal interview, I took them to church and Zach is like, on and off going to church with us. Some days he'll go, some days he won't. But because he had you, been, you ask him I ask every him, morning. Every morning, every Sunday morning, I wake up everyone and I say, would you like to go with me? If they say no, I said, okay. And that's it. I don't, I don't force or pressure anyone. Zara goes with me every week. But Zach is like, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And so, but this Sunday, since they were having their baptismal interview, I said, you know, it probably is a good idea for you to come with us all. And so he's like, okay. So it wasn't a big deal. We, I got them up. We left to go to church. And <laughs> so we get into from, you know, from church, we go to the primary room, okay, from sacrament. We get to the primary room and Zach goes right over and sits down in his class. And my very well-meaning friend, very well-meaning friend, walks up to him and says, Zach, it's so nice to see you here today. And what does he do? Super embarrassed. He does not like attention on himself. Again, I hold nothing against her because she was just like so excited. He, What does he do? He stands up and walks out of the room. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, geez. And I could see her following him. So I'm like, mm, I'm going to let her take this one, right? Because at the same time, Zara's like, I don't want to sit with my class. And I said, oh, 
do you want to go home? And she said, no. And I said, well, what's going on? And she's like, can I talk to you privately? And that is like what we've taught our kids is if there is something important to them that they need to talk about, they use the phrase, can I talk to you privately? Our youngest son uses it all the time, even when it literally is about nothing. He wants to talk to us about Titanic. Can we talk? Can I talk to you privately? Dad, did you know that they used to call Titanic heaven on the ocean? <laughs> like, that's why we needed to step aside. Oh, that isn't that beautiful, Zach. Isn't that great? We, you guys, we could go on and on about Titanic because right now he's in this like obsessive phase. Uh, anyway, I'll get past that. But <laughs> we'll do a Titanic episode. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Which, okay, hold on. Now I have to say this. Today, um, it's Easter today, okay? And at the end of the uh, the last song, our my friend gets up. And she plays "Near to My God" to the on, on the, the violin, violin <laughs> which is the song that the band plays in real life and in the movie as the ship goes down. And we look over at Zach, and he his ears perk up, and he's like, his mouth drops, and he's like, "Whoa, this is from Titanic!" I'm like, "Yes." This is an original Titanic because song. He's so obsessed that he got Titanic stuff in his Easter basket today. I mean, books, <laughs> a t-shirt that, with an iceberg that says free hugs and the Titanic coming right at it. Anyway. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, tangent. So sorry. Coming back to it. So um, Zara says to me, yeah, and um, can we speak? And so I take her in the mother's lounge because we have an old ward and nobody has babies anymore. So we go in the mother's lounge. No one's in there. And I said, what's going on, Zara? And she's like... She says, you know, it's just that people have these, like, big, you know, spirit, feel these, like, big feelings about church, and I just don't feel that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, in my class, everybody knows what, what's, what they're talking about, and I don't know what they're talking about. And I said, like, so the lessons, like, you don't feel prepared for the lesson? And she said, well, yeah, kind of. And I said, okay, would it help if, like, you and I went over the, the, the lesson for the week so that when you come, you're all prepared so you don't feel, like, left out? And she's like, I guess so. And I said, is there anything else? And she's like, well, just sometimes I don't really feel like I, I, I want to come to church. And I said, okay, Zara, so just so you know, I do not pressure you. I said, I just wake you up in the morning and I ask if you want to come. And so I said, um, so if you want to tell me no, you can. And I said, why, like, why did you say yes to coming? Or why do you say yes to coming when you don't want to? And then um, she said, well, because I don't want you to be alone. And I've never even said anything to her about, like, me being alone at church, but the fact that she could like sense that that she didn't want me there alone just freaking broke my heart <laughs> and i told her i said zara i i i'm a big girl i can i can be to church alone i am so fine going to church alone in fact and if you don't want to if you don't want to come or you don't want to be here i like that's fine i i don't want to force you to do anything and I said, also, with this baptismal interview, it doesn't mean that you have to be baptized. Like, that's not the point. The point is, like, if you don't want to, you should also say that to the bishop is that I don't want to. And she just said, I don't know. And so I said, well, would you like me to take you home? She said, no, not really. And I said, how about if we go over the lesson for this week, which it was like Joseph, Joseph being sold into Egypt anyway. And and I said, would you like me to go over it with you? 
she said yes. So we went over it. She went to class. She was super happy to go to class and she knew what they were talking about. So note to self, some, some kids like to be prepared. Anyway, so then after church, we went to the bishop's office to do the interview. And one thing that I was like very worried about is kind of like how it would go. So I walked in with both of them. We sat down. He let them pick out a ton of candy. (laughs) They were, you know, just sit there and be content. And the first thing he says is, you know, I just want to have a conversation about why people get baptized. And I'm not kidding. Like the whole conversation itself just was about why was Jesus baptized? Who was Jesus baptized by? You know, what, what, are, what is it that we are trying to do when we get baptized? There was not a single question of worthiness, not a single question of, um, you know, like belonging, you know, to, to the church or, I mean, it was literally like, like a conversation you would have with your kids. Your, you know, it was just, it was at their level, I guess is what I'm saying. And I really appreciated that. And I said, you know, um, Zara, um, Zara like has questions and she doesn't know if she wants to get baptized. And he looked at her and he said, well, tell me, tell me how you're feeling. And she said, well, I just feel like everyone has these big spiritual experiences and I, I don't, and I just don't know this is her term. She said, I just don't know if I should level up if I haven't had that. And um, the bishop just sat there and he said, you know, Zara, a lot of adults never have those experiences. In fact, if you saw a flash of light, I might be a little bit worried. <laughs> and then he said, I, I just want you to know that that sometimes it's it's more like you look back and you think about the times that maybe Jesus helped you and not necessarily in the moment you realize that you had this big aha moment. And and she, he said, does that make sense? And she said, yeah, that makes sense. So he talked a little bit more with her and it was all very like her level. And she he's like, you know, you just do what you you think is going to be best. And She's like, yeah, I mean, it was seriously like, so she was, he wasn't putting any pressure on her. wasn't nothing. It was just a talk. So then after we're going through the program and I was, and I honestly didn't know what was, what Zara was going to say about it, but the bishop said, now Zach, who do you, who's going to baptize you? And, and then Zara, who did you want to baptize you? And Zara just literally out of the blue said, yeah, I think I want my grandpa to do it. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, what? I was like, what? I honestly thought going in that we were not leaving. We were leaving with one kid being baptized and one not. But for whatever reason, she felt like her her answer, her question was satisfied, I guess. Anyway, so um, after we were, after we came home, I, I kind of had like a meltdown. It was a hard day. I I had a meltdown because I I think that f- for anyone in the believer position, I believer nuance, whatever you want to call it, for anyone who's still attending, you don't know how to feel. Like, okay, should I feel like my my kid was talked into something, which I actually don't. 
do, am I making the right decision? Like I ask my question myself all the time. Like, am, is me supporting this the right, the right thing for my kids? So, you know, as much as I want my kids to be baptized, I recognize that, that they have some say and choice in it as well as my spouse. And I can only be as happy as the happy, the happiest person at the baptism. And so I think like after that, as the least happy, person. as the least happy person, thank you. And so knowing like Alan's feelings and knowing just where everyone was at, it's really hard. And sometimes it has felt paralyzing to me to move forward with, with what to do with the kids. And, you know, after we, we made all the plans and, um, you know, just worked it all out. I went to go buy their scriptures and I had a total meltdown at, after I bought them because I'm like, are they even going to use them? <laughs> like, is it even worth getting them when we don't do it at home? Like, what's the point in getting these scriptures? And it's something that I did for my boys. And I also think like, no, if they want scriptures to take to primary because they still attend, they absolutely should. But it was like this such a paralyzing fear of like, I can't, I just can't make anyone happy. Like my husband's unhappy. You know, I, I don't want to step on eggshells. So, I mean, that was like, there was, I felt like there was a lot of like emotions Leading up to the actual baptism. Yeah, there were. Did you have that? I mean, no, I think you had the the weight on your shoulders of actually pulling that day off. I mean, I asked you, I, I told you, I don't even know like how to feel. I don't know. I don't know if I should buy scriptures. I said that to Alan, like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to buy scriptures for them. Well, I mean, you're allowed did I respond to that? Yeah, you did. What did I say? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I think you were just like, go buy the scriptures. Like, if that's like the thing that we did for the boys, like, just go, go do it. And that sounds like me. Yeah. I mean, you were, <laughs> you were fine with it. Okay. So sorry, this is like so heavy because, um, on my side <laughs> speaking, because a lot of this stuff had to do with me. So, um, the baptism was coming up. We had asked the people to participate in the way that they, you know, we felt was helpful. Um, and so the day of the baptism, I had a, my cousin got married in the temple and she was in the Payson temple. And so I, well, I have some really like mixed emotions about the temple. I still really support like people getting married. And I think it's a positive thing. So I decided to go and, um, and I went and my, you know, my extended family and family, they were all there. And, um, anyway, after the ceiling, my brother asked me if he could walk and we don't usually talk about family members, but I'm going to talk about him. (laughs) Um, because, I'll tell you in just a minute. So my brother, I I said, you know, I am like strapped for time. I've got to get back because I've got this, you know, baptism to pull off this afternoon and I've got to get back home. And so my brother said, Hey, can I walk you to your car? And I said, that'd be great. So we were walking to my car and he said, you know, I was sitting next to you and I was 
like thinking about thinking and feeling and hearing the words that were being said. And I wanted to put my arm around you. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, really? Why? And he's like, Well, because I just, I didn't know how you were feeling about it. And I and I said, Well, he's like, so I'm just wondering, like, how has the the like actual temple ceiling of people? How has that changed for you? And I, I was I just said to him, First of all, no one has ever asked me after any marriages, any anything we've done together at the temple, no one has ever asked me how it made me feel. So the fact that you're asking me now is a huge deal, huge. And I said, you know, this is how it makes me feel. And so we had a conversation about it. And then, you know, later I, I just said, um, I just, I said, my brother, I just want to thank you because Alan asked him to do the confirmation. And I said, I really appreciate you doing the confirmations. It's, you know, something Alan really wanted you to be able to do. And, um, anyway, Alan's playing with these rock things while I'm sitting here. It's a, you gave them to me when I'm fidgety. Oh I, I stack them and I'm fidgety <laughs> right now. ADHD. Okay, here we it's, go. This is helpful for me. If it's distracting to you, I can put them away. It's very distracting, but I'll it's put fine. Them, I'll, put them fine. I'll put them away. I'll put them away. I'll put them away. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so... Oh, <laughs> Stop it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so anyway, I... I just said, I really appreciate you doing this for us and, and I love you and thank you. And, and I said, you know, I don't even know. I like, I don't know if I should bring it up on the podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. I said to him, I said, you know, like this baptism is really hard for both of us, for both me and Alan and in different ways. I said, you know, I really wanted it to be, um, the men, I know men are performing like the baptisms and they're like actually doing the ordinances, but it was really important for me to have the women do everything else, the talks, the, the, uh, you know, being the witnesses, the music, the anything else that the women could do. I wanted to have them do it. And I said, I look, I don't want the priesthood. That's not like, I just, I'm not keen on doing any of that. Um, however, for someone like me, who's the active participant in the family, it's really hard that I can't be a bigger part of my kid's own baptismal day. And if it were, if the roles were reversed, Alan still would be able to do all the things, all the priesthood duties, and you wouldn't even be able to tell if I had, you know, if I were out that I had any part in it, but because he's the one that's out, um, he can't be a part of it. And yet I still can't be a part of it either way. I'm not a part of it. And he was like, Katie, my mind is blown right now. And I said, what? And he's like, I have never, ever thought of it that way. I've never thought that that would be something that would be really hard. And now that I think about it, I'm, I can see it. That must be really hard for you. And I just want like (laughs) the fact that someone who is like super orthodox in the family who is, you know, they're, (laughs) they're asking me questions about how I feel and is like learning from my, my point of view is just, 
I don't I don't know if I have words for it. Um healing. Healing, but um just the level of like compassion shown was meant everything to me. And honestly, that's kind of what happened. Like it set the tone for the whole day. I felt like after being heard on a day that was going to be really hard, um, it just, it was, it was really, really nice. And it put me in a different headspace, quite honestly. Like, I just felt like, okay, whatever happens today, at least, like, someone knows how I feel. And so, and maybe that's the very nuanced part of me, you know, speaking, but I think, like, you're, it's such a balancing act with both me and Alan, and so... After that, I decided that um, it was probably a good idea to go and get, like, decorations for the tables because we were going to have this dinner after. And, again, I had been paralyzed with not being able to do anything. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to go get a few things anyway. So came home and um, Alan and his mom and sister and me and the boys, we all went to the church to, like, set things up. Um, okay, Alan, do you want to talk a little bit about your thoughts or feelings, um, going into the baptismal day? Like, how do you put yourself in a, in a better headspace? Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I, the baptism was on a Saturday, last Saturday. And on Friday, you and I were not on the same page and I don't, this is how most, I don't even want to call it an argument, but this is how most disagreements work. I don't even know what we were talking about. And a few days later, you usually don't. But I remember waking up on Saturday and thinking, and thinking, this is not the day to keep any amount of space between myself and Katie. This is not the day to make about me. Like, this is an important day to have the right attitude. (laughs) So I, I just... I chose in the morning, I'm, I, I will not be bothered today. This is not the day to do that. Um, so that was just, I don't know if that's a really replicable headspace to tell people just choose to be happy because that's not really sound therapeutic advice. But for me, it, it was, I'm just going to do the things that I need to do to make this a good day for, for those involved. And leading up to this, we had met with our therapist and we had talked to, and he, she gave Alan some ideas, like how can we manage his discomfort during all of this? And that was really helpful. I think she's, I mean, as much as you can resource wise, like help yourself, right? Yeah. Therapy yeah. is one of those ways that like has really helped us too. But the baptism, everyone gets there and it starts and um, I picked the whole entire program. So I kind of knew how it would go. Oh, let me talk about that real quick. So so the program, Katie had picked two witnesses, one of them extremely attractive to be the witnesses for the baptism. Katie, you better, you better be talking about me. (laughs) Well, the other was my sister. sister. Uh, She's hot. So, um, (laughs) Uh, opening closing prayers by women. Um, the talks were me and my mom. So I was the only man on the program, except for the member of the bishopric who conducted. And I actually called him beforehand. And he's a little younger than me. He's in his mid-30s. He's pretty young for a bishopric member. He's a good guy. And I called him and I said, hey, 
we re- we realized looking at this the the um, agenda that one of our close family members doesn't have a part, and we would love for her to conduct. And he goes, "Oh, um, let me check. I don't know that that is doable." And I said, "Okay." So he he hangs up, calls me back. You know, twenty minutes later, he says, "Yeah, so I have to conduct and preside, but we're happy to have her stand up and say a few closing remarks." I said, no, 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 don't, don't worry about it. Like, that's totally fine. It wasn't a gotcha moment. I didn't like throw it in his face about anything. I also anything. don't know why that's, that, why, like someone can't, a woman can't conduct. I don't understand that. It's a priesthood thing. That's. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Look, I don't agree with it either, but it, it is a priesthood thing. So, um, so that was the only other man that was involved was obviously those that were, that were performing the ordinances, but Katie had built an exclusively woman <laughs> agenda, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. I even offered, I'm like, Hey, if you want this to be only women, I'm ha- I'm happy bowing out uh, and not giving the talk on the Holy ghost. And she's like, no, 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 you're the dad. Zara really wants you, especially Zach's kind of head in the clouds, not thinking about anything. <laughs> um, but Zara really wants you to, to be involved. So I was like, that's totally fine. Um, so but when we got, sorry, do you have something on that? Well, I was just going to say like, um, Alan, you kind of wrestled with the whole, am I going to give a talk on the Holy ghost? Like all the way up until like the morning of where you said, should I just be done and just be there to support and not say anything? Or maybe it's the day before that, but right. Like part of it was at some point, like I'm increasingly not really wanting to be involved at all. And not in a, like a kind of way. It's just like, it's, it's in the past. Uh, At the same time, it's my kids. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't want people to be uncomfortable. Like, this talk was not my way of saying like, ha, I'm going to poke holes at this. Or I did not want this to be a, again, about what I believe or don't believe. So I'm like, I was confident. I ended up saying, I'll just do it. Because I was confident I could write something that threaded that needle of respecting all of the beliefs and not countering really anything and just but being loving and making it about them alan did a phenomenal job he talked about the holy ghost without ever mentioning the the word <laughs> well holy ghost i think maybe i can read that here in a second it takes like three minutes but on the actual when people started arriving right we had set up and everything people start arriving um two close family members kind of walk up to me these are family members that are in and they say hey you should go and practice, you know, holding the hands with, with your kids, uh, so that they know how to do it. And I'm like, Oh, I actually already did that at, at the church. But if, but if their grandpa and their uncle want to like practice with it too, so rather on the same page, they, they should, they should do that. And one of the family members said, no, 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 if you did it, if you did it, like, that's totally fine. And I could tell in that moment that they had thought about this and wanted to make it a good experience for everyone. They thought, how can Alan be involved in this and not feel so excluded? And that was before the service even began. That was a really big moment for me personally. I was already in a good headspace, but the fact that that was offered to me in a very simple way that wasn't in your face, it really made me feel good about, about what was happening. I think too, like, because everyone knows where we're at, right? Like it's, it's not like this, 
uh, maybe like Alan and I, I, or maybe I'll speak for me, for me specifically, I can like work things up in my mind, you know? So I, all this like stress and, and worry and everything just gets built up. But the, the leading up to it, I asked Alan, who do you want to invite to this baptism? And he said like, okay, immediate, you know, our clo- like our, our family, right? The people that are going to be there to help with the baptism. And then just you know, a few ward members that are going to be there to help with the music or, you know, conducting and whatever. And it morphed a little bit. Like the kids wanted their besties to come, which we thought was fine. And then they wanted their elementary school teachers teachers, and they both came. And, um, and so, but I, I'll say that the people that came and that were there were people who have been on this ride with us the entire time. Like they know where we stand they know how we operate. They know what's going on in our family. So I also think that people like came with like very like open hearts that way too. Right. right. No, I absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree with that. That was kind of fun for me because a lot of those people, they may know kind of that I'm not really involved anymore, but they don't know what I think or believe or feel at all. And so most of the comments that I got after my talk were from those people who don't know me really well, but were intrigued. I think maybe that's the right word. Mm -hmm. Intrigued by like, hey, that was different, and I liked it. Like, Mm -hmm. that was good. And I got a lot of those comments, which was pretty cool. But before the service began, after I got that um, you you should hold the hands talk Mm -hmm. or speech or whatever offer um, from a family member, I I took that bridge and built on it um, because I felt like, especially Katie, you had talked to me about your brother. And your conversation in the parking lot at the temple. And I thought, okay, he's, he's about to confirm two of my kids. And so I walked over to him and, and kind of leaned over and said, hey, brother-in-law, um, I just want you to know you're, you're not walking on a single eggshell with me. I'm not sitting there analyzing everything that you're saying. So don't even worry about that. Just say what you want to say and what you what you feel like you need to say. Just say it. And there's no zero pressure you're not going to get any crap from me that takes a lot of i would say emotional intelligence on your part well again i just don't i don't see anything that he could say that was going to be damaging i mean it, and and so it was like this this was just a no-brainer the right thing to say i didn't want him to feel awkward right because Which- i was sitting there and his hands were on my kid's head and he was saying he was, I, I, I almost said fortune telling. I'm not trying to be demeaning, but like these, these blessings, these blessings are, well, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by that. These blessings are very personal yeah. to the kids and oft, and oftentimes get into like, you know, when you're an older person, yeah, when you're right. older and you're right, a young woman, right, remember right, this and right, yeah. you're going to have a chance to be married to the temple. Like. Like these are deeply personal things that usually are said by a parent, right? So it being an uncle, I was like, "Just say what you're going to say." But I don't... it wasn't like that. No, I mean there were, th- of course, there's things in it that I didn't agree with, but the message stood that it didn't matter. But there wasn't like a "You will be the next prophet, and you will do no, this." No, and, and you will there do also that. wasn't like Satan's going to tempt you, and right. if you ever walk, like right. he wasn't throwing me under no. the bus in the talk. No, no, no. Um, so those two things were really helpful going into the service uh, for me. But it was really cool for me to see, like, Zach and Zara were were 
truly excited. They were. And and I think that it's that it's fine. I know that there's criticism about what kid isn't going to want to be the center of attention for an hour in dressed in white. Zach doesn't want to be the attention ever. <laughs> well, I mean, he doesn't like embarrassing attention. He's also a performer. So, th- but I could see in his in his face, he was he was excited like all these people were there for him. And and that's fine. And so is Zara, which she is the one I was worried about, right? Like yeah. I even told her right up until that, right up until the very start of it. Like if you don't want to do this, you can you can change your mind. Like I want to make sure you feel and and she didn't. So anyway, and again, we could go back and forth and back and forth on kids' feelings, but this is what we decided to do, and it's done. Right. So Ellen's mom gets up and speaks, and the cool thing about April ninth. <laughs> is that she, that's when she was baptized. She was bat- baptized April 9th, 1966, when she was 18. Mm-hmm. She was a convert to the church. And um, that's really very cool that she got to, we got to do it on the same day that she did. And I didn't the, even boy, remember that until she said it in her talk. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Do you have your talk you I can do. read? I um, do. And, and so then Alan got up to talk about the Holy Ghost. And I kind of like... You're like, a little worried. I, I wasn't I had shared, worried. I had shared it with you. Yes. You asked to see it, but I also planned on showing it to you. Right. I read it beforehand and I thought it was amazing. But I, sh- I, I was like, my mom mm, I, wonder how, I wonder how this is going to go over at the church. My mom said, and I don't think she'll mind me saying, my mom said, I noticed that your talk, because this was before the baptism, after she read it. She's like, I noticed that your talk on the Holy Ghost didn't mention the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I told her, I said, you know, Mom, you're right. And she, it wasn't a criticism no. by her at all. And I said, you're right, Mom. It doesn't. And I had to make a choice. Like, if I'm going to, to talk about this, I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about it in terms that, that I feel good about and that I agree with. And I'm also not going to say... In this church, they call it this, but in this church, they call it that. Like, I didn't want to overtly say things and equating the gift of the Holy Ghost to something that most of the people in the room, in fact, all but me in the room, don't agree with. So I had to try to... So I explained to her, I'm like, I I wanted to say something that really was not something you could disagree with. (laughs) Like, anyway, so that's... Maybe I can um, read it now. And if you're hearing this... Um, I accidentally printed it on cardstock, so it's a bit thick. Here we go. So I said, Zach and Zara, I want to try something with you right now. Look around. What do you see? And then I asked them. And they said they saw a lot of friends and family. They saw um, a roof. Um, They saw the baptismal font. They saw uh, carpet. They saw patterns on the ceiling. All that kind of stuff. I said, okay, now let's listen. What do you hear? And we were dead quiet. And Zach or Zara said, like, I hear a baby a few rows behind me. And I'm like, yeah, but other than that, it's pretty quiet, right? Yeah. Now, this next question is a little harder. What do you feel right now? What do you feel inside? And Zara said, nervous, excited. And I asked, I said, why do you feel that way? And she said, well, or actually, no, I skipped that line. I didn't ask that. I asked, do you think everyone is feeling that way right now? And they kind of looked at me, and I think one of them may have shaked their head, and I said, probably not, right? Isn't it interesting that we can all be in the same environment here in this, in this primary room at a baptism, but, but you feel differently 
dense than the person even sitting right next to you. How we feel inside is something special that only we can know. The person that knows what you need the most is you. Deep down inside of us is a voice that we can all listen to. The tricky part is learning how to hear what that voice is telling us. Have you ever been watching videos on your Chromebook or playing Roblox with a friend and all of a sudden you realize, wow, I am so thirsty or geez, I am starving. Well, guess what? That little voice inside of you was probably trying to tell you that the whole time. So why couldn't you hear it? It was noisy, right? You were distracted. You had other voices that were louder all around you. The greatest thing about these voices inside of us is that it's actually pretty easy to listen and to hear them. Even when you're really upset about something, maybe you had a hard day at school because someone said something mean, or you got in a fight with your brother or sister, which of course never would happen. When something like that happens, we can choose peace to know what to do next. The P in peace stands for pause. Stop what you're doing and find a quiet place if possible. The E stands for exhale. Breathe in and breathe out as much as you can. Let's all do that right now. And then I led everybody in just a quick breath and said like, this is magical. It calms you down. A stands for acknowledge. That's a big word. That means just to listen to how you're feeling, not to feel bad about any of the feelings you may have like anger or sadness, but just to figure out exactly what you're feeling and why. And C is for choose. Choose a way forward that won't hurt yourself or hurt others. E stands for engage, which means that we should act on that way forward that you have chosen. Many people go through this process on their knees, calling it prayer. Excuse me, I didn't say that. Many people go through this process on their knees while they pray. Others, like me, sit still in a chair with noise-canceling headphones to do this and call it mindfulness. No matter what you call it, the goal is the same. The goal is the same, to get rid of all distractions and practice listening to the voice inside of you that knows best for what you need yourself. And if you ever need extra help, you have an army of voices here in this room that are willing to answer your phone call or even fly across the country to give you another voice to listen to. I love you very much, and I'm proud to be the dad of two amazing kids. And I say these things with love. Amen. And... You know, I I was a little bit like, and I say these things with love, amen, how does how did that go over? It went over just fine as if you were to say, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I mean, it, it carried off well. Alan did such a good job, really. I mean, it's I think it stayed true to who you are. And it also, all of those things you would normally say to our children. So these aren't things that were like out of the blue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think Alan did such a great job. Thank and you. So many other people thought so too. I thought it was um, very meaningful mm-hmm. and a meaningful part of their day. And so then Zach and Zara got baptized. Zara went in first and then she came out dripping wet, put a towel around her so she could watch her brother go under. And um, then, and we also had um, my nieces and my nephew sing Peace in Christ, which is one of my favorite songs ever. I got to pick the music. I love that. I love being in charge. Hmm. Anyway. Um, you? You me? like being in charge? Never. Um, and then when the kids were getting dressed, 
I had um, an idea. So we have some close friends that just brought an entire family over from Ukraine. They have five kids and they're living in Provo. And this this is like a story for another podcast because that's pretty incredible um, how they got here. And anyway, they're supporting this family. And one of the things that they're doing is they're learning English and they've got the cutest kids. Um, And so I decided... Um, hey, it would be really cool if we take over a donation, but also if people here at the baptism could um, write letters of support and love to this family, and then they could also learn English (laughs) when they read the letters. And so that's what I did. I asked everyone to write letters of support and love to this like Ukrainian family who's only been here a few months um, and who could really use it. And so I felt like that was a very meaningful activity. I, I really wanted things focused on like what Christ would do. And that's mourn with people that mourn and, and comfort those who need comfort. So, um, and then we, that was, you know, we had the confirmations and <laughs> the best, oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to say, um, Zara got up to be confirmed and came and sat down and Zach says out loud, you go girl. <laughs> to Zara. And we all started laughing and I just, like have that memory in my mind. But um, I I just, then we all went in and had dinner in the cultural hall. And I mean, honestly, like I, it was a, a big relief when it was over, but also it just was n- nice how it turned out. Yeah. I think when you spend, you spend as long as we did worrying about what it was going to be like, it also gave us time to really prepare ourselves emotionally and prepare ourselves just logistically for how it was going to look and feel and, and go down. And it went down really, really well. Yeah, it did. And um, <laughs> another really funny couple of things. Zach, again, doesn't like attention unless you, I mean, unless he is putting himself out there. But I told him, look, there are going to be a lot of pictures and I will let you pick anything off Amazon in order to get all the pictures I need. And then the next day when they like introduce them at the pulpit, I'm like, they're going to call you up there. I will give you a dollar if you will do it. You know what? I am not past bribing my own children. <laughs> I'm not. It's This is how it is sometimes. But That's right. I, I want to say that if any of you are feeling paralyzed or fearful about just how the upcoming years look, we did that for like, you know, a couple of years now, but, um, the first thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt the very first thing. And you'll remember this, that I said to you that indicated to you how out I was in 2017 was, you didn't want Zara to be baptized. I didn't want Zara to be baptized. Yep. That was five years ago. Yep. And then it culminated in her being baptized and both of us being very happy with how the day went. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I'm glad that you said that because it's like come around full full circle, right? That was the very first thing that he ever told me. And now she, she's 10 and she got baptized. And um, I felt like she was very thoughtful about, you know, just put a lot of feelings and thought into it as well. And so um, for so many of you, this is a really hard time with raising kids with negotiating those tenders of what are we going to do? Can my, you know, and for those, I want to say for those of you who are nuanced, 
and you yourself maybe are not quite sure. Like, that's how I felt. It it can be paralyzing to feel like, I don't even know if I'm making the right decision for, I don't know if I should be supporting this as much as I am. It is so hard. Um, but you can make it through. If we, if we can go through five years of this, and I mean, you'll, you'll figure it out. And there's going to be mistakes along the way. You'll have to do repair attempts with family members or friends or kids. Um, that is a normal part of the learning process. And if, you know, you've had an event happen and it was awful. Believe me, we've been there. We've had awful events. But um, if you've had an awful event you learn from it and you get back up and you keep going. That's right. Thank you everybody for joining us this week, this month, this quarter on marriage and a tightrope. Uh, more to come. More to come. We already have the David Osler interview recorded. That's going to be coming out soon. Uh, just as a reminder, we are going to be interviewing Chelsea Homer, uh, the Tomsters and uh, the last she said wonderful it. women from at last she said it. We're excited to get those out to you. And if you have any questions or comments that you would like to send over to us, you can do so at marriageandatightrope at gmail.com. Please join the Facebook group. A lot of support there. Uh, look for the Marco Polo groups in the announcements Jeez, because the Marco Polo up. groups are super active and become their own tightrope community of themselves. Uh, more so than, I think, honestly, mo they're more active than the Facebook group is. Uh, so get the support that you need. If you're looking for folks that are in your geographical area, there is a mixed faith map that is on the announcement page of the Facebook group as well. It's we need to update. If if you haven't updated your own map, go do it. Oh well, right. They've moved homes. They've moved homes, or maybe they didn't. They were unsure of like what to put. Right. And that's right. Like, oh well, I'm okay putting my email out there right. or whatever. Yeah. So what that looks like is you open up the map. You can put your own pin, and then on the pin you can put your in comments, message me on Facebook or message me on Instagram, or you can put your email. Like Katie said, uh, we've had a few people even put their cell phone numbers. So any way that you want people to get a hold of, and we know couples that have met other couples because of the map. So again, I'm the map, I'm, I'm the, the map. map, I'm the map. <laughs> Dora. That's right. Don't steal the map. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> but if, if you do need that level of support, uh, which is most, if not all of us, it's up to you to go get it. Thank you again for listening. We're not going to say that you should donate to Marriage on a Tightrope on Venmo at Marriage on a Tightrope, all one word, no underscores. We're not going to say that. No, but have a have a good Easter. Hope your Easter went well. Hope your Easter went well. That yeah, would be in there the you past. Go. That's right. Yeah, thanks. We're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave. Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high, I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go Go oh.